you have questions? Do you need answers? The Pastor Study will help you find those answers through God's Word. Our teacher today is Pastor Tom Brock. The Pastor Study is sponsored by pastorstudy.org. So grab your Bible and join us for The Pastor Study. Welcome to the Pastor Study, and on our program for this half an hour, we live in a culture now that is a culture of death, and we want to talk about fighting for, promoting, encouraging the gospel of life, that God makes life in the womb, outside the womb, and we should protect it. For that, we're going to welcome, hi there, Brian Gibson, Hello. Director of Pro-Life Action Ministries here in the Twin Cities, but uh, we're now all over the country in our program, so we just want to talk about what abortion is doing to America, how it's become political, and, and politicians now are forcing this issue with a vengeance. So, Brian, before we get into, sadly, the politics of all this, let's just talk about some of the statistics. Since that horrible decision in 1973 that mandated ab abortion on demand across America, how many unborn children have we killed in America? Well, the estimate is about 55 million. And how many people children. live in the United States? Uh, about 300, 320. So that's about what? That what every, uh, one out of every five? or Yes. We've killed yeah, one. And no wonder we don't have Social Security being paid into anymore because we're killing our youth. Right. Well, economists have looked at just, just the, the magnitude of this situation, looking at the, the people that are missing yeah. in our society yeah. because of abortion. And, and uh, there, there's a lot of credible information coming from that, that side or those equations that show that... Uh, Part of our downturn in the economy, part of the problems we have in our economy, as well as the ongoing long-term perspective problems are because we've killed off a fifth of our, our society. And how many babies, uh, what's, one in how many are killed in America? Uh, it's it's one, in, one in three. One in three? Yes, in, in most places it's one It used one to be in one in five. Well, no, it's, it, it hasn't been that low for a very long time. In some pockets, like in Minnesota, it's actually more like one in four. But in, in places like New York City, it's, it's, it's uh, higher than one in three. So it's closer to almost one in two. Oh, my. So it, it just depends upon where you're at. And in is the it true that in Washington, D.C., there's more abortions than live births? Am I wrong on that? I'm or? not certain of that okay. figure, All but right. that could be. But that how tragic. Yeah. I mean, we've, we have one of the, I mean, we're supposed to be a, a nation that has more Christians than just about anywhere on the planet. But don't we also have one of the highest abortion rates in the country, well, in the world? In, well, we have a very high abortion rate. I wouldn't say one of the highest, but it, certainly as far as the industrialized West, we do. Wow. And we have the most uh, uh, liberal, so to speak, uh, abortion situation in yep. the United States compared to Western Europe and so forth, where we, by this fiat of the U.S. Supreme Court, we can kill unborn babies through all nine months of pregnancy. Right. And most of Western Europe, even though they have very liberal abortion laws in many of those countries, they, they still limit it at some point. Are there any states right now where it is illegal to kill a fetus that's eight months old? No. 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 Really? I no. thought there were some new laws that had gone into effect. No. The, um, well, there, there is uh, this uh, uh, fetal pain law that was passed in, in Nebraska uh, a ways back, and I think a couple other states uh, either sought to pass it this past legislative uh, term or 
are, are doing so. And in effect, that law says that abortions can't be done once they can show scientific verifi verifiable pain mm -hmm. for the unborn child, which they're, they're setting at, you know, at some point around 20 weeks or something like that. Um, so is, that, is it illegal to have a late-term abortion in Nebraska? Well, it, no one's doing them. Okay. It's, it's not certain whether it's illegal. Okay. It, by this law, you would say it is. All right, it hasn't been tested. But, but it hasn't been tested. No one, no one. And when things get tested, they go to the Supreme Court and normally get overturned, right, don't right, they? Right, right. And, and I think the other thing, too, is, is that ju just for the sake of, of real clarity, uh, third trimester abortions are rare in the United States comparatively. Okay. Okay. Any third trimester abortion is, 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 you know, just like any of them is, yeah. is one too many. But uh, when, you, when you're looking at the sheer volume and the numbers of abortions that are taking place in the United States, third trimester abortions are, are fairly rare okay. on, under that. But they usually are being done because they've identified something wrong with the unborn child. Right. So they're being done because they're Down syndrome. Right. Or because there's something wrong with the amniotic fact, fluid. Is it true that 90% of Down syndrome babies are aborted? Somewhere in that range. It may How be a little higher than 90%. Absolutely. Well, it's, it, it's identified. If they're diagnosed as having Down syndrome before they're born, it's somewhere between 90 and 92%. And, and I can remember a couple in, in my church coming to me and saying, the doctor said, well, you've got a Down syndrome baby. Right. His, his point kind of was, don't you think abortion might be the answer here? And it isn't. No, it is it not. It absolutely isn't. And then it's also being done for spina bifida. It's yeah. being done for other things that are being identified when they're, when they're diagnosing uh, problems that may be there uh, before the baby's born. And, and those are the most and, often and, ones being and done. I'm going to play the devil's advocate literally. But, Brian, you know, this child will suffer when it's born. And isn't it better to have the child aborted than to have it live with a deformity? What would you say to that? Well, then let's just say that anybody that's suffering right now in the whole world should be just Mm -hmm. Let's just take them and line them up mm -hmm. and kill them. Yeah. We're killing innocent, defenseless human beings. Mm -hmm. And if they are human beings, then, then we need to defend their right to life the same we would with anybody that's born, anybody that's elderly, you know, whatever condition and situation somebody may uh, find I their mean, life I in. Ha I have a liberal you know. relative who said, well, uh, I, I asked her, because she's pro-choice, when does a baby become a human? Well, once it can live on its own. Well, a, a three-month-old baby outside the womb can't exactly. live on its own. And, and you know, s medical science is clear on this already. This is, this is irrefutable. Human life begins at the moment of fertilization. There, there mm -hmm. is no doubt to that whatsoever. Agreed. So, and this is a new human being. Even yeah. in this tiniest, mm -hmm. you know, single two-cell form at that point in time, it, scientists know with absolute clarity. And there's, the, you know, it, it's somebody who's an ideologue that would say otherwise. All right. What, Human what life. If, Brian, if somebody, I know, I know what I would say, but I'm going to ask you the question. If somebody says, where in the Bible does it say abortion is wrong? What would you point to? Thou shalt not kill. Yeah, there you go. That's the, the fifth first commandment. place to start, right. In the second place, I'd right. I ta I ta take them to. Right. Well, I would take them to, to uh, Luke and, on the, the story of the greeting between Elizabeth and, and Mary. Yeah, little, John, little unborn Jesus and unborn John unborn the Baptist. Unborn John the communicating. Baptist, exactly, yeah. and, and recognizing yeah the Lord and Savior yeah, of the world, yeah. while, while and, an unborn baby. And I would add Psalm 119, God knit me together right. in my mother's womb. Uh, uh, Jeremiah, before you were in the womb, Jeremiah, I knew you, yeah. all these things. So, the call of Isaiah, the call of the Jeremiah, there you go. both. Yes. So uh, it's, yeah. hard, and, 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 uh, it's hard to, as a Christian, I think, try to maintain a pro-choice position and be a Christian. <clears throat> They're incompatible. Um, what you know, do you do with this one from my r liberal relative? Well, 
you know, I would never myself have an abortion, but I wouldn't want to force that view on someone else. How do you respond to that? Well, I don't think, you know, I, w I would never want somebody to steal from my home, but I wouldn't want to, you know, impose my values on my yeah, neighbor. You, we do it all the time. I mean, my goodness, th that's, that's, that's a very ludicrous argument. The, the reality is, 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 again, it goes back to, it's so basic and simple that, that we go through great machinations to try and come up with some false logic mm -hmm, to, to, mm -hmm. to be in positions that are wrong. Mm -hmm. The reality is they're human beings. Yeah. If they're human beings made in the image and likeness of God like all other human yes. beings, then they have the same, they should have, and they need to have the same rights, yeah. especially the right to life. And here's what grieves me. We have so many Christians in America, and we've got so much abortion in America. They don't have abortion, I don't think, in Saudi Arabia or in Afghanistan, do they? Uh, I mean, it's illegal, isn't it's, it? It's illegal. It does not happen. Not a that it doesn't bit, ever yeah, happen, right, but legally right. it's not. not right. Nations like that have, have the lowest abortion rate in the world. All right. And here's. In Poland and places like that. That are Catholic. Know, yeah. And, and let's talk about this. Uh, uh, when this show is aired, I'm not sure when, but in recent months, the president tried, and he backpedaled some, but the president tried to force Catholics to pay for contraceptives. Would that have included the abortion pill? Not, not okay, it would include abortifacients. Which means? It, which means that they have uh, chemical properties in them that, as a fail-safe, they kill the unborn okay. child okay. instead of preventing conception right. from taking place. Okay. Many contraceptive pills have an abortifacient property, but then this, this plan B, which is used so-called emergency contraceptive, mm -hmm. actually relies more on the abortifacient side than it does on preventing and, conception. And is that different from the abortion pill? That's different than like RU46. Okay. Uh, and was the president uh, trying to force that too? No, not, okay. Okay. not yet. But isn't this <laughs> Not scary? yet, but I mean, we're we concerned have a, it may We have coming. a president that is so committed to NARAL and Planned Parenthood and the abortion industry and just kind of didn't seem to care that much, initially anyway, was violating the right, the religious freedoms of Americans. Right. That's, and, and that's the real issue. And then this. he kind of backpedaled, but did, did he really backpedal? No, no. He, he just changed how it was being paid for. Would and it's still, Explain that. Well, it, in, as, as it was at the time you know, we're talking, uh, uh, initially he was going to require that, uh, that uh, all institutions, except for churches themselves, would be required to pay for this mm -hmm. in their health care mm -hmm. and make it available as, uh, for, for all of their uh, employees. So that included colleges and, and uh, uh, grade schools, private grade schools mm -hmm. and, and hospitals and, and so forth and, and all the employees that work for these. And uh, uh, what the backpedaling was that instead of having those institutions pay for this coverage themselves, he decided to require that the insurance companies mm -hmm. pay for it. Well, who pays for them? It's a shell game. We do. It's a shell game. I mean, yeah. you know, well, somebody's paying for it either way, and it ends up yeah. being us. So. A few months ago, about the same time that Obama tried to force the Catholic Church to do this, it was that whole Susan G. Coleman, Coleman yeah. Foundation uh, fiasco, where, hallelujah, they finally were going to cut the funding ties to Planned Parenthood. And then, Brian, I watched the ABC Evening News mm -hmm. and the other national news of that night, I have, I have rarely seen such liberal biased journalism on a subject than that night. I mean, it was almost as bad as Diane Sawyer and others saying, everybody pick up your phone and complain to Komen Foundation. Didn't hint 
didn't, didn't give a hint sure. of why there might be some good reasons to defund Planned Parenthood. Right. And so Susan B. Komen, is a G. Komen Foundation? Susan G. Komen. Yeah, they, they overthrew their decision. They're going to keep holding hands with Planned Parenthood. Well, it's not quite that simple. And, and um, uh, But yes, you're right. The, the, the media, the major media was absolutely horrendous. And uh, it was like they were the propaganda arm for Planned mm -hmm, Parenthood. Mm -hmm. and, and it was like, it was a shock that somebody would dare to say no to Planned Parenthood. Yeah. Well, the reality is, is that Planned Parenthood is the one that pushed this into the media in the first place. Uh, the Coleman Foundation was seeking to change its giving criteria, its grant criteria. And they, what the, there were two things they were looking at. One was that they didn't want to be giving to organizations that were under investigation by the government, mm -hmm. which Planned Parenthood is. Mm -hmm. But the media quickly pointed out by a conservative Republican senator. Well, it's, it's not just one person. Right. And, and, yep. it isn't, and, and it isn't just the federal government. There are four or five state governments mm -hmm. that are investigating Planned Parenthood for criminal activities. Yeah. So, so there's, there's, there's multiple investigations Like giving an abortion on. to a 14-year-old not reporting the rape that she went through. Right. Most of it's based on welfare fraud and things mm -hmm. like that. Okay. But, uh, and, and then the second criteria, and actually this is the more important one, is, is that Planned Parenthood does not do any real breast cancer screening. They say they do breast ca cancer screening, but the, the screening they do is, is the same screening that any woman is encouraged to do on her own at home. Okay, so it's no, no greater, no less than that. Okay. okay. And what they would do then is Planned Parenthood was, was what Coleman was calling what were, were a pass-through grant. In other words, they would not really be doing the real screening, but they would refer to those who do the real screening, like mammograms and so forth. Hmm. There isn't a Planned Parenthood in the United States that does mammograms, which is real breast You sure didn't screening. get that out of the ABC evening. Of course news. not. And let me ask you this, Brian. The impression they give is, well, yes, Planned Parenthood does abortion, but overwhelmingly it does all these under, other wonderful services. What percent, do you know this? Maybe you don't. What percentage of Planned Parenthood's business is abortion? Well, the, the best we can tell by looking at their records, and of course they don't break it out directly, so it, it's, it's, it has to be done with some estimation, but the best we can tell is about uh, 12, 13 percent of their income, total income, is derived from abortions. Okay. So they make money on abortions. Okay. That's the first thing that people need to understand. Yeah, yeah. And, and, it, and it's a growing portion of their existence. Planned Parenthood is, is expanding their abortion practice. They're, they're, they are the abortion giant in the United States. Mm -hmm. They do more abortions than, than everybody else mm -hmm. in the United States. And you don't and even hear that much in the media. No. That they're no. performing women's health services. Well, that could be anything. Right. Yeah. And most of everything else that Planned Parenthood does is somewhat generated by their abortion business as okay. well. You know, their contraceptive work ties directly into their abortion mm -hmm. work. Every woman who goes in to have an abortion at a Planned Parenthood will leave with, with, uh, with birth control. So they, they want to feed them yeah. the birth control. Yeah. And many of these women come back for abortions and again because birth control does not prevent pregnancy. It just slows it down. And we've been, the American people have been paying for Planned Parenthood through our tax dollars for how many years? Well, for, for a very, very long time. Uh, and, and although, although they say it nev none of it goes directly to abortion. Well, no, it doesn't because they make money off abortions. Yeah. They don't need payments yeah. for abortions. Though in many states now, including our own, Minnesota, uh, we pay for abortions for, for women who are on Medicaid. Right. You know, poor women. So yes. we're paying for their abortions. Because of the Minnesota Supreme Court decision right. back in the 90s? Right. And there's, there's a several states around the country that have similar decisions. So are we one of the most liberal states on abortion on that issue? 
Paying um, for it on this particular, on yes. Paying for it with tax dollars. Yes, we are. And that's yes, not going to be turning around because I don't hear anybody bringing up a tax. I mean, we have to do well, an amendment to get right. that up. It's a, it's a difficult situation to, to straighten so out. So once your Supreme Court goes liberal on this, it's hard to undo it. Unless we come to the point where we finally say human well, life begins life. at conception and we're going to defend know, life. Let's bring this so. to the realm of the church. You're a Catholic, I'm a Lutheran. And I'm going to ask, I'm going to make a statement and then just get your response. To me, okay. the tragedy in the Catholic Church is you have a lot of Catholics who are pro life and pro traditional marriage. But they go into the voting box and they can vote in the most pro-abortion pro, uh, politician and the most pro-gay marriage politician. That's the tragedy on the Catholic side. I'm a Lutheran. I used to be an ELCA Lutheran, which is the more liberal branch. People don't know this. If you're an ELCA Lutheran, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America pays for abortion for any reason in its health care plan for pastors and their families. That's funded by your offering dollars at work, killing unborn children. And I know it happens because I've gotten the letter. So, yes. um, uh, Brian, yeah. as a Catholic, I mean, I can tell you why the Lutherans have gone that route, because they're abandoning Scripture. They're mm -hmm. abandoning the fifth commandment, thou shalt not kill. And the ELCA is abandoning Scripture on a number of issues. So join the Missouri Synod or some other branch of Lutheranism. Why is it, in your Catholic understanding, that so many Catholics vote pro, even though they're pri privately pro-life, they're voting for pro-choice people? Well, you know, it's, it, it's, it's the largest denomination in the United States, yes. right? We're, more than one fourth of the United States is is, is said to be Catholic. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you have a you have a grave variance between, you know, f adherence to what the church teaches and 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 non-adherence as well. So so that's part of the problem right there. We have to break it down that way. The first thing we have to look at is who really are Catholics are really, uh, you know. True Catholics. Committed, faithful Catholics. Yeah. When you get down to that level, you start to find that the percentage of those that, that vote always pro-life is mm -hmm. extremely high, mm -hmm. as opposed to the larger group that, that uh, varies quite a bit and tends to vote wrong when it comes to that. But I think there's, there's another factor in here, too, and that is, is ignorance. Uh, you know, politics as they are today, uh, politicians as slick as they can be nowadays, can, can push out statements and, and sound pro-life and make it yeah. sound exactly yeah. and and if you aren't savvy enough to really ask the right questions and to dig deeper into even when you're talking to them on your doorstep you can be fooled by by these these and, people and so. you know i gotta say again just in within the realm of the church it just grieves me that the presbyterian church usa has such a horrible pro-abortion statement that the episcopal church in america the united church of christ and again the elca lutherans they have I mean, the ELCA Lutheran statement is pro-life one page, pro-choice the next. By the end of the document, you guys, I guess you decide on your own whether it's right, right or not. And just to see the church cave on this, I'm one th I mean, I've got, I'm a Lutheran. That's I got a common position, though, for many of those churches that you're talking about. It, it really does come down to decide for yourself yeah, what I know, you are. I know, and I'll say, even though I've got problems with Catholicism, that's a whole different show. I, I appreciate about the Catholic Church that they take a stand. It's clear. The, the only it's people that are taking clear. a stand in this culture are the Catholic Church, the Evangelicals, and the Mormons. You know, and who else is taking the head of the head bishop of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America? He's often making political pronouncements about immigration, and everything else. He's never said one word against abortion. And to see the church not be the church on these issues, that's why America. The, the re, America's in a mess not because of the liberal politicians. It's because the church isn't being the church. Right. Right, I would agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, 
You, but yeah, go ahead. I think I see signs of the church becoming church. Like when? Well, you know, just again, this this whole healthcare debate. First of all, before it even was voted on, mm -hmm. and then and then with all these crazy things going on, where where the Obama administration is trying to ruin religion with forcing something upon upon uh, uh, America with mandates and so forth, and and what I see happening is is people of faith coming together yeah. and, and standing up and starting to speak out. And, and you know, this, this whole mandate on contraception was, was in the media, again, has tried to play it, its administration versus Catholics, where the reality is is that there's, there's, a, there's a freedom of religion issue First here. Amendment. And, and Orthodox bishops saw that, and they spoke out in, in one accord. Evangelical uh, yeah. leaders and pastors across the country mm -hmm. saw that this was an impingement mm -hmm. on the freedom of mm -hmm. religion, and therefore they spoke up clearly yes. and strongly. And, and standing shoulder to shoulder, you know, here's, here's a group of, of uh, religious leaders from various uh, uh, spectrums of, of Christianity in the United States who have not stood together very often mm -hmm. throughout our history mm -hmm. are standing side by side saying we defend each other. And you know I think Brian the day of comfortable Christianity in America is coming to a close. 50s and 60s even most of the 70s kind of easy to be a Christian mm -hmm. but then came Roe versus Wade and now what we've got with the government forcing these things. I mean when you've got a, a Christian lady who doesn't want to photograph a lesbian wedding having to pay five thousand dollars in in uh, albuquerque and when you've got you know couples that are being fined because they won't rent to homosexual couples and their uh, b and b's when you've got pharmacists aren't there pharmacists that have had to step down because they won't deliver the abortion pill in certain right. parts of the country i mean isn't chicago is terrible on this am yes. i right so i think the day is i mean well, I think you're right. We need to stand together. We need to fight. We need to pray. But we also, as Christians, need to say, look, Lord, I'm willing to suffer for you. And, and uh, you don't know Brian, uh, but I do. And he is the one who, who leads uh, prayer groups in front of abortion clinics. And I've been there with you. And so, so a lot of Catholics, a lot of evangelicals, pastors like, uh, like myself and, and others. Brian, here's just a few uh, curiosity questions. Do you ever see people that work at the abortion clinic when, when you pray out there and sing hymns in front of the clinic, because I've done that too, they finally come out and they leave it. They leave yes, the abortion industry. Absolutely. Tell me a story. Time and time again. Well, uh, here, here's a, a simple one. There was someone who worked at, uh, at the, the Planned Parenthood abortion facility in St. Paul, Minnesota, and uh, her job was uh, security director, I believe was her title. And uh, we, we spoke with her extensively uh, over the years, and, and finally, she, she realized that she couldn't work there anymore and she quit, quit. she quit. And she contacted us to let us know that that, wow. that was the case. I, I can give you more. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, tell people, uh, I, most people hopefully have heard about it. Jane Rowe, tell that story. Well, uh, uh, the, the woman who was identified as Rowe in, in the Roe versus Wade decision, uh, her, na her real name is Norma McCorvey. And uh, uh, un in the mid-1990s, she had a conversion. She came to Christ. She was baptized, mm -hmm. and uh, she she started speaking out and yeah. and saying, you know, Isn't that something? this this was wrong. But even Abby Johnson is is a name that's well known right now. Uh, she was the director of a Planned Parenthood abortion clinic in Texas, and she saw the ultrasound, a live ultrasound during an abortion, and that's what hit her. That's where God mm -hmm. grabbed her heart, yeah. and she left and became a pro-life spokeswoman. So um, well. Tell, tell people quickly, because we don't have much time, but what are you doing now? Because 
Sadly, Planned Parenthood is building a brand new, huge abortion facility here in Minneapolis. Tell us about what well you're built. doing. Built, built it, and open, it's, it's and now killing done? babies. Yes. Oh, it is. Yes. Tell us what what's yeah. going on. Well, Planned Parenthood, just just across the United States, Planned Parenthood is building these very large abortion facilities all over the United States, and uh, so they've built these 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 mega centers. And in in Minnesota and St. Paul, we have the third largest of them mm -hmm. in the United States. Uh, and again, it's their expansion of they are expanding as much as they can. They want to grab the abortion business as as fully as they can and uh, so this this facility since it, it opened on December 20th 2011. Yeah, you've been praying in front, you've been protesting yeah. in front but they still went ahead. They opened it and uh, actually they first opened it uh, it wasn't completed the only thing that was finished was the abortion area hmm. so for months all they did in there were abortions before they started moving and, in the other and offices. And do you rem Warren Buffett, what, second wealthiest man in America, do you remember what he was doing with his money? Do you remember this? Well, he's, he's feeding the abortion industry. Yeah. And wasn't, he set, yeah. he, wasn't he around the world paying for the vacuums to do abortions or something like that? I'm not, I'm not certain All of right, that. All right, but he was using his billions yeah. for this. And yeah. just, you know, real quick, my mom and dad knew Warren Buffett when he was young. They went to his wedding. Mm. And so when I heard of this, I wrote him a letter. And I said, you don't know me, but you remember Tom and Ruth Brock, and I'm their son, and I'm a pastor. I beg you, do you really on Judgment Day want to stand before the Lord having all this blood on your hand of, of children? Well, of course, I never heard back from them. But, you know, we, we need to close by saying this. We need to pray for these people. And Absolutely. you're good at getting a bunch of Christians in front of an abortion clinic, not to yell and scream at anybody, just to pray for the people as they go into that clinic. And you've, your group has saved a lot of babies because women kind of wonder what's going on, and they, they, they turn around, don't they? Well, we, we purposely reach out to them. We have what we call sidewalk counseling, and we encourage this all across the United States mm -hmm. at, where there's a, an abortion facility. And uh, we, we train people uh, to, to be out there, to know how to approach the women one-on-one, yes. -on -one to just try and offer them the love of God yeah. and the help that's available. Yeah. And uh, we've documented more than 2,700 babies that we have saved, Great. and there are many more being saved all across the United yeah. States this way, too. But along with that, we do these larger prayer presence. We do 40 days for life, and, and that's happening yeah. all across the United States now. Right. We pray in front of the facility. And if people and want to support you or get a hold of your ministry, how do they do that on a, on a website? Well, it's it's plam.org, P-L-A-M.org. Yeah, short for Pro-Life Action and Ministries. And you'll, you'll get him and his ministry and yeah. wonderful ministry to support. You know, everybody, just take a minute before you go to bed tonight and pray for the United States. Pray for Pro-Life Action Ministries. I would ask you to pray for this